This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Hello, friends. As always, I am Dee, and you are listening to The WOMED. This episode of The WOMED comes to you from the Matamoros border camp across the border from Brownsville, Texas. And I will be interviewing two members from the Global Response Management team here. Global Response Management is a veteran-led NGO providing emergency and trauma care in conflict zones like Iraq, Yemen, Syria, Bangladesh, and also providing relief in the Bahamas and Matamoros, Mexico. Today, Andrea Liner and Maura Salmon are joining me. Andrea has been volunteering with the GRM for six months, and Maura is the medical director here. They have been working down here providing medical care to asylum-seeking migrants and refugees waiting on the verdict of their cases. The people here have very little in the way of shelter, nowhere near enough restrooms, and no access to basic medical care. This weekend happens to be Valentine's Day, and they are rolling out a pediatric initiative to vaccinate and weight check the children here. And I am just so beyond thankful for their service and heart. I'm so proud and grateful for this episode of the WOMED. I can't wait for y'all to dive into this episode with me. And bringing the nursey energy, today's nursey energy moment comes to us from Jenna. She wrote in to tell me, I just took my NCLEX last week. I was so anxious about the results. When I called my mom to let her know I passed, she cried tears of joy and told me how proud she was. So grateful to officially be part of the nurse profession. Huge congratulations to you, Jenna, and welcome to the nursing tribe. All right, everyone, welcome back to the WOMED. We are recording here in Bronzeville, Texas, which borders Mexico, specifically the border camp at Metamoros. Today, I'm speaking with two members of the Global Response Management team. Uh, We have Andrea Liner and Maura Salmon. Maura is an ER physician at Temple University and the medical director for GRM. And Andrea is an FNP who has been volunteering here over the last six months and is the director of strategic planning. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I know we've had a really long day already. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. I'm so happy. Um, So Andrea actually reached out to me about um, a guest for the WOMED and that invited me down here to volunteer and kind of see what the camp was like. And I can't thank you enough for that. We're, We're so rec- glad you're here. <laughs> really glad you're here. We're recording on Valentine's Day. And personally, I couldn't pick a, a better place to be on Valentine's Day. This has restored my faith in humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been yeah. an incredible day. And a it has. very powerful day. It has. Very frustrating, but very powerful. <laughs> so... Um, we just spent the day working um, in a clinic set up in Matamoros camp. And um, Maura, can you tell me a little bit about what's going on down here? Paint a little picture for the listeners, because a lot of people are curious if the living conditions down here are really that bad, because it's just not getting talked about. Yes, absolutely. So the first thing you'll notice when you walk across the bridge, if you look over to the left, you essentially see a tent city. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It is a collection of about 2,500 people living in tents in an abandoned soccer field. Yeah. Next to the Rio Grande. Next to the Rio Grande. Exactly. And uh, there's lines of Mm porta-potties, which... When you look at them, you're thinking, oh, my God, that's a lot of porta-potties. Until you realize we do not even have half of the number of Mm porta-potties that we should have to service that population. Yeah. Yeah. And 
people are living in tents that aren't meant to be lived in either. Yeah. These are... And a lot of makeshift tents. Yeah, that. exactly. These tents aren't waterproof. No. You, you can see garbage bags and tarps pulled over them mm-hmm. just to try to stay dry when it rains. Yeah. They're not windproof. Mm-mm. No, and it's cold. Like it's, it it's is. Gonna get it's really cold. chilly tonight. It's cold. The other day it was down in the low 40s, mm-hmm. high 30s, and it was raining. I can't imagine yeah. what it must have been like for those families to to have to stay in in that. It's it's just really it's it's atrocious. And and to think that we don't have any government funding for this. It's all Yeah. Yeah. Tricky politics. Yeah, <laughs> very here. tricky politics. That that's that's the nice part of medical neutrality. Exactly. We're, yeah. we're not here to solve the problem. We're here to serve what's the people yes, who are here exactly. and help them. And yeah. uh, so that's that's our mission, and we just mm-hmm. do the best we can um, for these exactly. families. Yeah. 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 And you guys truly do. How did global resource management or global response management come to be? Okay, so I'll. Originally, we had set up for you to talk to Helen Perry, who is our mm-hmm. executive director, and I'm hoping that you have a chance to speak with her, too. Yes, I would love Helen to. Because Helen is a total badass. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh, complete There's badass. There's so many badass women working down here. Yes. It's really amazing. Also, you guys can swear if you need to swear. <laughs> oh, so I can tell about the official GRM socks? Yes, you can. Okay, you so tomorrow is can. sock day. <laughs> <laughs> and tomorrow we're wearing our socks. That say motherfucking girl power. That's right. Because that's what we are. We are a women-led, women-driven organization. Mm -hmm. And we go in the places where other people won't. And we do what others can't. We do what others can't. And we do it with style. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of mud. A lot of mud. Well, you know, mud is a style. Yeah. 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 Grunge health. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so the origin story of uh, global response management, it was started by a group of veterans, medical veterans, and they just saw the immense need for uh, civilian care in conflict zones. Mm-hmm. So the first mission was in Mosul, Iraq. Um, it was in 2017, and it was during the coalition's retake of Mosul from ISIS. And okay. um and uh, the inhabitants in the city of the city were caught in the crossfire. So Pete Reed, who's our founder, and um, Alex Potter, uh, who's a journalist and one of the founding members, and Helen Perry and another, you know, a few other people went over. They they set up 16 different trauma stabilization points across the city of Mosul. Wow. They treated almost 10,000 people and stabilized their trauma wounds and got them transferred out to the uh, hospitals and the agencies who were working outside of the city. They were the only ones working in the city. And in that time, they had a, they tracked all the data and demographics of their patients while they were doing it. And Mm -hmm. they had a 94% pre-hospital survival rate Mm -hmm. for their trauma patients, which is much higher than even here in the US. And the way they achieved that is through their training in the military. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and their, uh, you know, trauma combat casualty mm-hmm. care training. So um, when they spent about uh, six months over in Iraq, I, I think, and then they took the mission to Yemen. They did a humanitarian assessment in Yemen. Um, they went to Bangladesh, to Cox mm-hmm. Bazaar, um, and then sent a search and rescue team uh, to the Bahamas to work in Hurricane Dorian. Okay. Um, and... And so over the the last few years, the organization really grew from this kind of uh, just group of individuals who wanted to do more after their time Mm -hmm. in service to a really well-oiled, forward-thinking organization. And the focus is on trying to close the gap between military trauma care and civilian trauma care Mm -hmm. and um, to give people the best possible care on the worst day of their lives. That's our tagline. So Helen's been the executive director now for, um, I believe it's a year and a half we're going on. And um, somebody gave her a call and said, listen, there's some pretty tough stuff going on down here in the border. I know you guys focus more on conflict care, but can you Mm -hmm. come and check it out? She went in September of 2019, just basically brought her stethoscope and trauma bag. Yeah. And um, 
and just saw what a need there was. There are 25 people, 2,500 people living here in tents, in mm -hmm. mud, no medical care, no resources. Everything was very raw um, at that time. There's no UN help, uh, no government, overall government help. Mm -hmm. um, so things were pr still pretty uh, rough. And from that first visit, then we got a farmer's market tent. Mm -hmm. People started coming down. That's Maura right. was here in the I farmer's market tent. I was here in the farmer's market tent. That's right. <laughs> yep. And within within probably four to six weeks, we had a mobile medical unit trailer set up down mm -hmm. here. Um, and and it's just been yeah, we've grown. expanding since. Yep. That's incredible. Yeah. It really does run like a very well-oiled machine. We have gone from being in a farmer's market tent mm -hmm. with... Tupperware style containers to hold. I our saw the old medications. pharmacy. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's it's like our little relic in the in the yeah. new pharmacy. Mm -hmm. We went from that and sort of a hodgepodge of people coming down and trying to fill gaps and right. fit people in and keep it staffed to now we have the mobile medical unit. Mm -hmm. It's well staffed. We have a credentialing committee yeah. that people have to go through in order to come in and volunteer with us. Mm -hmm. You have to go through a volunteer onboarding process. We need to make sure that you fit with us, we fit with you. Right. And that right. our missions align mm -hmm. together. And that we're adhering to best practice best principles. Best practice principles. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Everyone has to go through that process before they volunteer. Mm -hmm. We have a fully electronic medical record. Yes. We have a quality assurance process. program, mm -hmm. which is really rather unheard of in this well, type you do it weekly. Of... Weekly you yeah. do the QAs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we do <laughs> we do weekly QAs and mm -hmm. monthly QAs mm -hmm. where we pull five percent of all charts. Mm -hmm. Okay. And make sure not just that they're properly documented, but mm -hmm. also that they're conforming to a standard of care. Yeah. That's and incredible. I think that's one of the other things that we're really leaders in. And we really consider to be a great part of our mission is trying mm -hmm. to define what standard of care is yes. in an environment that's constantly changing and constantly yeah. fluctuating. Mm -hmm. And there really is no defined standard of care. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Either of you can take this. What's a typical day like working? I think it's different for both of us. I you agree. Know? We have very okay. different days. Yes. <laughs> yes. I always bring my stethoscope but never use it because I, I work more on the putting out fire side. And then yeah. Maura, I mean, she holds it down in the clinic and she see attending with Dairon, who Dr. Mm -hmm. Rojas, who is uh, uh, our our attending physician down here from Cuba, who's seeking asylum himself. Yeah. So they, they tag team me that part of things. So why don't you talk about the medical side? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have been employing, you have two doctors that you guys actually employ that are seeking asylum. Right? That is correct. Okay. That is correct. Yeah. Possibly. Are we up to no two, just two. Well, okay. I guess. Yeah. Two, two and a half, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, so there's that wrong. Yeah. Who is an intensive care physician from Cuba. Okay. His partner, Elizabeth, is working for us. In women's health. In women's health part-time. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And then we also have Ernesto, Ernesto who mm -hmm. is an OBGYN as well, providing prenatal care mm -hmm. and GYN services for women. We also have a pharmacist. Yes. Perla, mm -hmm. who is just incredible. Oh my God. That pharmacy is amazing. That pharmacy is amazing. Yeah. 
that and pharmacy is incredible. I wish I could take everybody on a virtual tour of what's Seriously, going on. Seriously, yeah, it, I. But the pharmacy is almost like that Seinfeld episode with the with the soup Nazi, you know? Oh my God! I oh, know she. Is, I got she that vibe. The drug Nazi. Yeah, she totally is. I know. I don't know if it's really appropriate <laughs> to say that anymore, but she totally is. Like I, I know. love Perla has the uh, pharmacy on lock. You have to submit oh, yeah. a written prescription. It has to be legible. It has to be in a certain form. Then it has mm-hmm. to go in the computer then she has to dispense it then there's a whole you know everything i mean she everything is, so is duplicated strict. you have to have an electronic prescription mm-hmm. a handwritten yep. prescription love it she has duplication of her records where she has a paper a paper record an electronic record because yeah. god forbid yeah, one should say, somehow fail lord help <laughs> yeah, you if she goes to the bathroom uh, and comes oh back my and god one pill off oh yeah. she'd be she'd yeah. be one thousand percent aware so we, yeah, so yeah. we have Perla and um, her niece Andrea, um, who helps her in the pharmacy as well. And then um, we have a couple translators who work with us. One's mm-hmm. from Venezuela, and another one's from two are from Cuba. And okay. then we have we opened a safe space for children in the last month. That's open the same hours of the far- as the pharmacy because mm-hmm. uh, what I don't know about you guys, but one of the the things that struck me in camp is how many children there are. Yes. More than so many 50% children. More than fifty percent of our patients are, are children. under fifteen. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we we operate a safe space in a school for them during the day too. I, um, I I love that we have a child life program. <laughs> yes. How many? Yeah. Clinics all operating in... within how many square feet? Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, I, less than four hundred square feet. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anyone who operates in our home who has a child life program. I mm-hmm. think that is just yeah. fabulous. It's really, I, my heart was so, it, it felt like it was being pulled in so many directions today. Um, but I love that you guys have taken the initiative with GRM to employ people outside of the U.S. Because Absolutely. it's so, so important. Um, so this isn't our clinic. This is their clinic. Yeah. We're here to help them. Mm-hmm. And, and this clinic belongs to the refugees. And I can yeah. remember when Helen was down here and she called and she said, a doctor from Cuba just came. It was that on. She said he presented himself to us and said that he wants to work. He's seeking asylum here himself, mm-hmm. but he wants to give back, um, to the community that he's in right now. And, uh, what an amazing soul. Oh yeah. my He's God. truly oh phenomenal. My God. And then after him, it was just like one, yep. one person after yep. another. Um, Ray, one of our oh, Ray. Um, <laughs> Ray, one of our translators, uh, was an English professor in Cuba, multilingual, mm-hmm. amazing, just bright soul. He was fired from his job when he came out as gay, and mm-hmm. then um, you know persecution followed, oh, yeah. and he had to leave yeah. the police and really bad. Um, so it, I mean, like. He was the smile that you came into in the morning. He was just successfully uh, granted asylum in the U.S. Uh, or at least uh, uh, stay in the U.S. while they process his case. And so, you know, th- it, we're so happy for him. But then so bittersweet, too, because yeah, there's just a, a lot of heart and soul yeah. in our in our little community. There is. There mm-hmm. really is. Yes, there is. So what would you say are the most common cases that are presenting Um at the clinic? Mostly respiratory, Mm -hmm. GI, infectious disease type of Mm -hmm. cases Mm -hmm. are are what we see. Okay. That's, that really makes up the majority of our patients, but we also see women who are seeking prenatal care. Mm -hmm. There's, I believe we estimate approximately 100 pregnant women in Mm -hmm. the camp. Oh my goodness. And there are, and then about 15% 15% of our cases are kind of critical other. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. When we see patients who have unstable chronic medical conditions mm-hmm. or acute, acute. medical mm-hmm. conditions. Yes. A uh, child with appendicitis, mm-hmm. a child with pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me about um, that specific case with the child who had appendicitis. Yes. And just the sort of like legal hoops that you guys have to jump through like first you you diagnosed him 
they have this awesome little ultrasound machine. It's it's, the yes. pretty great. We Love are committed. The butterfly yes. IQ. Butterfly IQ. Yeah. Shout out to them. Oh, yeah. Huge. Yep. Maybe they'll be listening to this and they'll get you all another one. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to put that out there. Hey, Avril. Sure. I'll <laughs> take <laughs> them. I'll take another. Hey, Avril. Um, but yeah, that but, was a... That yeah, was a... You, they, you had to send him to the, um, the hospital here in Matamoros first. Well, we first. sent him... He was seen originally by one of my colleagues, mm-hmm. sent to the hospital in Matamoros. Mm-hmm. With the ultrasound images, no? no? that was that actually was just... prior to the ultrasound okay. images. I hadn't gotten here yet. Okay. I was actually on the plane gotcha. when she saw him. Okay. Sent him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. He went to the hospital. According to the family, they never even examined him. They never even touched him. Okay. They gave him essentially Mm Pepto-Bismol and sent him back. Mm -hmm. His father came in carrying him in his arms because it hurt too much to walk. Oh, God. And I like to say this child had an abdominal exam. Mm-hmm. That any first year medical student yeah. should recognize needs to go to the operating room. Right. I mean, those of us who are in medicine, mm-hmm. we have this sort of thing. Can you bounce a quarter off that abdomen? Yeah. And you could bounce a quarter off of this kid's abdomen. Oh, my God. And uh, I did pull out the butterfly, butterfly IQ, IQ mm-hmm. and uh, saw that this kid had an 11 millimeter appendix which is Mm. huge oh my god at this point we contacted charlene who is an attorney with Mm -hmm. lawyers for good government Mm -hmm. okay and we made the decision that this child was really critically ill we were going to try and get him Mm -hmm. across the border to get medical care in the united states yeah and fortunately i was able to have that concrete data that said, mm-hmm. this child has this medical condition. I have this objective piece of evidence. Yes. He was refused care at the hospital in Mexico. Mm-hmm. We eventually were able to get him to a hospital in Brownsville. However, by the time that had happened, his appendix had ruptured. Yeah. He's okay. Yes. He was able to get really good medical care once he got here. Yeah. We had another patient who had sickle cell anemia Mm -hmm. and was hypoxic, which means for those of you not in medicine, Mm -hmm. his oxygen level was very low. Yeah. It was actually 78%. Mm -hmm. Okay. We we like to see above 95, at least above 90. Yeah. He had been to the hospital previously. Mm -hmm. The hospital had seen him. We sent Byron with him to the hospital right. with the pulse ox. Yeah. yeah. Saying he's satting 78%. Yeah. And the doctor stood there and said, no, I've seen him once already. I don't need to see him again. I mean, they're dealing with a lack of I resources know. down they here are. too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I don't, I don't put, blame on anyone yeah. it's they're, just the situation yes, we're in exactly yeah. exactly the they're in. in a situation where they're already dealing with resources that are stretched mm-hmm. razor thin yeah mm-hmm. and then to add this added burden of all 2,500 yeah. people living in the camp at mm-hmm. least another thousand in the city in the city surrounding it that have needs without any safety net mm-hmm. That's going to take a, a system that's stretched already thin and bring it to its breaking point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but even when you have that concrete evidence for a child um, showing that, like, they need to seek medical care in the States, they still get turned away at the border because that happened today. Yeah. That did happen today. today. That did happen yeah. today. So there is an exemption to MPP. And for those who don't know what MPP is, what the is Remain it? in Mexico policy for asylum seekers, which they call the Migrant Protection Protocol. 
<laughs> because mm-hmm. we're protecting them by keeping them in tents in Mexico. But I'm sorry, am I getting political? We're medically neutral. We're medically neutral. It's I'm okay. sorry. I didn't say that. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, that was Dr. Salmon, not medical director Dr. Salmon. <laughs> yes. Yes. You can have two. That was Mara Salmon. Yes. yes. Um, so there is an exemption to MPP mm-hmm. that allows for quote unquote vulnerable populations. And they actually send out a field guide that states people with medical or psychiatric illnesses. Okay. I had, there were four children mm-hmm. with me at the border today. Yeah. Two of them I had not examined myself. Two of them had uh, autism and mm. they were examined by a psychologist. Okay. But then there were two with severe medical issues, two very young children with mm-hmm. severe medical issues. The first had something called lysencephaly. Yes. Otherwise known as smooth brain syndrome. Mm-hmm. She's seven years old. She has a developmental age of about two and a half. Mm-hmm. She is has uncontrollable seizures. Yeah. She's on medications for seizures, but mm-hmm. she's despite the fact that her mother is religiously compliant. Yeah. Meaning she never misses a dose of her medicine. Right. Her she still continues to have seizures. Mm-hmm. And her the life expectancy of someone with good medical care yeah with this disorder is 10 years mm-hmm. and just as a completely unrelated thing she is the biggest cuddler oh she's so on sweet the planet Loves every to dance. time she sees you she just reaches up, puts her arm around your neck, yeah. just wants you to pick her up. She loves taking my stethoscope and putting it in her ears yeah. and listening to my heartbeat, yeah. which is what my kids do. Right. We do this little thing, um, nariz brazo, mm-hmm. <laughs> nosy kiss, <Yeah. laughs> which is something that my kids do with me where they just rub their nose up against yeah. my nose and that's yeah. sort of giving a kiss. Yeah. Uh, she loves to dance to what is that song again? Oh my God. Something I can't get it about, out of my head. It's like a uh, something with a donkey in it. Yes. Um, something. I, I missed this song. I was definitely not a part of this song singing oh, today. Oh, it is. This a is, lot of kids really like this oh song. My it's God. like, it a, is, it's like, it a, is the, it's Baby Shark. I only Sabanero. know Baby Shark. I only Mi know. It is the, oh, it is the yes, Spanish yes, yes. version of Baby, Baby Shark. Shark. Yes. You cannot get this song out of your head. <laughs> uh-huh. And kids love it. Yes. So she was yeah. singing that oh, and dancing. Oh, singing it, mm-hmm. dancing to it all the time. Yeah. She's just, she's lovely. Yeah. And then sadder than that mm-hmm. is there's another child yeah. who has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Has 28 months old. Right? 28 months old, mm-hmm. weighs eight kilograms. Mm-hmm. So is less than 0.1% yeah. on the growth chart. Mm-hmm. He's so tiny. His, he has another condition called microcephaly, mm-hmm. which means that his brain is too small. Yeah. And uh, microcephaly is defined as a head mm-hmm. size that is less than 3% yeah. of average. His is less than 0.1%. Oh, I didn't see that part of the growth chart yet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So he has severe microcephaly. Mm-hmm. He also has a hole in his heart, an mm-hmm. atrial septal defect. Yes. And uh, I'll be honest, I really thought that we would be able to get him across. That we would yeah. be able to get him across. I had a similar case mm-hmm. that was a seven year old girl mm-hmm. with Down syndrome. And an atrial septal defect mm-hmm. who didn't have the other problems that this yeah. little boy had. Didn't have the severe microcephaly. Right. Didn't have as many cardiac issues mm-hmm. as he had. And we were able 
to get her across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did agree that she should not have been under MPP. Mm-hmm. And today we were denied. Yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty big gut punch. That was a pretty big gut punch. I, I cried. Because I wasn't, um, I didn't follow you guys over. Yeah. Um, but because I, I was like, no, for sure. Like this is mm-hmm. going to oh, happen. Happening. Of course yeah. this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's kind of how I felt. Yeah. And I then to hear I, my jaw dropped. I was like, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. And we we try to be really responsible and respectful mm-hmm. of the process. And yeah. we bring to cross. We do not no. abuse that at no. all. No, no. Um, and uh, we we work with CBP, um, you know, as yeah. respectfully and Absolutely. and well as we can. Well, and you had the ultrasound and everything too. You yeah. did yes. like a yeah. well a field a, echo. Yeah, I did. But it. And we it still showed the defects. We're always cognizant of the strains on the U.S. system too. So we absolutely anytime we can, we identify resources ahead of time on the other side, receiving physicians, people who are willing to donate time and resources. So it's not just like send them across the border and now it's the the problem. Someone else's problem. Yeah. Yeah. So we we try to be really respectful. We try to be really responsible. Mm -hmm. And um, it hurts when when it doesn't happen, especially. As a mother, it hurts. Yes. As a mm-hmm. provider, it hurts. Oh and I'm my sure, God. you know, you specialize in pediatrics. Mm-hmm. It, it just hurts. It hurts. It does. I, I look at these children and I see my own children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the difference between my children and those children is my children get to sleep in a warm bed tonight. Yeah. yeah. And that's really Not the only on difference. Pallets lifting them off the. My children and those children. Yeah. Yeah. So that, <sighs> was, that was a I'm tough blow today. Actually yeah, emotional. Okay. It's okay. I really thought we were gonna get past the border cross today. I know. I know. We'll try again though. We yeah. will try again. We'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, well, med babes, we talk a lot about burnout on here and ways to take care of ourselves so we can better take care of our patients and you know be there with our families and friends. But we also face a lot of barriers in doing so. I was really excited when I found out about BetterHelp. I personally am my own worst enemy. I procrastinate. I make excuses all the time. And I've struggled with anxiety and depression. And I mean, I think we all have to a certain extent. We're so tired after a shift. We work really strange hours. But BetterHelp online counseling is always available. It's safe and it's private. You can access it from the comfort of your own home, on your own time, and at your own pace. They have 3,000 licensed professional counselors across all 50 states who specialize in things like stress, anxiety, PTSD, depression, LGBTQ matters, family matters, grief after losing a patient or two, or if you, you know, start forgetting how many patients you've lost because you've been a nurse for 20 odd years. This is just such a cool service and it's so important because we really do have to put our own needs first because we are on the front lines taking care of everybody. I just love that this service removes the barriers that a lot of us face. You know, we just have to take the step to sign up and they are literally at our fingertips. We have a counselor at our fingertips. Financial aid is also available for those who qualify. Counselors are available to text or chat, FaceTime if you want to do that. And if for any reason you aren't happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time, no charge. Best of all, it's just truly affordable. And breaking down another barrier here, WOMED listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code WOMED. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash WOMED. All you have to do is fill out an easy questionnaire to help them assess your needs and they'll match you with the counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash WOMED. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. 
Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. So, um, is that kind of what you do then? Like if you get denied one day, do you take them back the next day? Yes, absolutely. So it's like day after day. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. yeah, because for him, it could be a death sentence being yeah. here, not getting yes. that ASD closed yeah. at the very least. Well, and he's more at risk for, um, for a respiratory infection that yes, could kill absolutely. him instantly. Everything. Yeah. Absolutely. He's at risk for a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that it's not nearly, definitely not every day that we're trying mm-hmm. to cross somebody. Um, the normal day is, oh, yeah, we have yeah. 40 to 50 patients a day. Yes. Yeah. Mostly with these kind of infectious disease, yes. respiratory GI yes. problems. Yes. Um, but we have a great referral system we with do. local physicians and the resource center down here helps out with that. The it's resource another, center is amazing. Yes. The and that's another NGO working down here. Yeah. Doing legal stuff, mm-hmm. um, referrals, like just all around helping. And then um, outside of that stuff, I mean, we just have great capabilities. I mean, we, we have a telehealth uh, mm-hmm. partnership with Rubicon MD. So we can access telehealth specialists at any time in any field. Amazing. Um, we have our butterfly IQ set up down here. I do remote ultrasounds yep. if a provider is... Mm-hmm down here and they're not really sure what they're looking mm-hmm. at yeah i can get right on to the butterfly iq yeah. website review their images qa images mm-hmm. that's incredible it is incredible we have point of care testing down yep. here we yeah. have access to labs and um, we can refer people for x-rays down here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um it's just great you know no matter this this is my first operation with the organization mm-hmm. i came in in the last six months but what I love about um, everything that I dig into and learn about them is no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the obstacles facing uh, everyone is mm-hmm. uh, are, and no matter what the 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 shifting ground underneath them, like yeah. no matter how much that shifts, we we problem solve, mm-hmm. we figure it out, we're resilient, and we get shit done. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we get yeah. shit done so we we try to to stay in that lane we've expanded mm-hmm. out of trauma care um, okay we still work in trauma care but have expanded the mission and it's it's really about just delivering care in high risk low resource areas mm-hmm. um, for people delivering who, quality care exactly for people who have been displaced either by conflict yeah. or disaster yep yeah yeah and also training Training, yes, our three, yes, our three, our three pillars. Have, I guess, yeah, three we pillars. Have three pillars, three points on the spear, whatever you want to call it. We we focus on medical humanitarian response, like what we do in Mexico and right. what we uh, did in Iraq. We focus on um, disaster response. We have uh, three search and rescue teams mm-hmm. that we're putting together now with canine capabilities, and Wonderful. we're bringing and they're hyper acute disaster response. Correct. We we okay. are focusing on the first seven to ten days mm-hmm. after the disaster. We are um, trying to elevate search and rescue as much as we can medically mm-hmm. um, with things like Butterfly IQ. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Another shout out. Yeah. Another shout out. <laughs> um, just a small, like, uh, you know, I'm not one of the veterans on the team, so I feel a little funny saying it, but we we try to be like special operations humanitarians. We I stay, love that. We stay I lean. Just love that. We try to bring the latest in technology, the latest in yeah. innovation, the best in practice, and just stay lean and resourceful. And then our our third pillar is training, where mm-hmm. we're working both in developing countries and here to close the gaps in training because nobody should um, nobody should get. Uh, care that's subpar for a lack of knowledge in our, our era of global community. You know, the knowledge is out there. It's just making sure it gets to people at this point. And so we're Mm -hmm. really focusing on that as well. And that's one of the things that we talk about, about defining standard of care in these types of environments. Yes. And you've truly elevated it. Yeah. I, I, well, I think we're trying to, (laughs) yeah, the, 
with you and uh, Dr. Tim Bryan from Temple as well behind us, who Army <laughs> physician, ER doctor, handling our trauma medical Navy, protocols. Navy, don't call him Army. Uh, did I say Army? You I'm said sorry. Army, Navy. Sorry. Yes, Navy. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies, Dr. Tim, if you're listening. I'm so sorry about that. Um, uh, but it's just like to have the weight of, of our two medical directors behind us and all of mm-hmm. their years of service and expertise and just it's the quality and the best practice that's coming from them is just just incredible. It's exciting to be a part of it. And then I love geeking out on the trauma I, side, too, honestly. Yeah, I, I love geeking out on on just medicine, yeah. I, medicine and trauma. I love I just I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love my job. Yeah. You know, I love I love having to think about working in these environments. You have mm-hmm. to really think about what are the goals that you're trying to accomplish? Right. Not just how do I normally do things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to think about what are the goals that I'm trying to accomplish? You have to think about what are the second order and third order effects mm-hmm. of an intervention that I might make. And yeah. despite the fact that this intervention might be the best intervention in the United States, it's not yeah. the best one in another environment. So right. what is? Yeah. With very limited resources. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Do the best with what you have. Yeah. I mean, the analogy I, I use for medical people mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. when someone's had a heart attack. You know, if someone's had a heart attack in the United States, what do you want to do? Well, you want to treat it. We'll put them out to like the cath lab or right, something. Right, exactly. Yeah. We'd like to take them to cath lab. Yeah. Well, if I'm in an environment where I, let's say I have a cath lab. Let's say someone decided to build a cath lab mm-hmm. in the encampment in Matamoros, Mexico. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but, but you have to think about what are the other things I need? Mm-hmm. What are the complications mm-hmm. of yeah. doing a cardiac cath What if it ends yeah. up being a cabbage? Exactly. Yeah. Well, what if, what, what do I need after I place that stent? Yep. Yeah. So the stent itself is actually thrombogenic. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. I don't put that person on dual antiplatelet therapy, yeah. they're going to restenose. Yeah. So if I don't have the ability to put someone on dual antiplatelet agent, agents yeah. for a fairly extended period of time yes. and assure that they're going to be able to maintain that medication, mm-hmm. suddenly that best practice, even though I have it, isn't the best practice for that environment. Right. And so right. then you go down to what the next best practice is. Well, then I say, well, giving TPA, thrombolysis. Mm -hmm. Okay. But then I need to have access to a blood bank if I cause a catastrophic bleed. Right. So then I might even start looking at, well, is this a large Mm -hmm. infarct? Yeah. In which case I might take that risk. Is this a very small infarct where Mm -hmm. the risk doesn't outweigh the benefit without that safety net? Yeah. And then I need to move to another layer of mm-hmm. best yeah. practice. Yeah. And I think that analogy really describes what we do mm-hmm. in this type of medicine. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about how um, GRM is able to function. Like where does the funding come from? Um, what, because uh, I know there's going to be people listening to this that are going to be like, A, how do I volunteer? Yes. B, what do you need? Yes. Um, well, volunteers and funding are the two things that we need and just spreading the yes. word in general. Yeah. Yes. Um, we we are so thankful for any support that comes our way and any, uh, any press coverage, any stories, mm-hmm. any word of mouth, because not only does it highlight uh, what's going on down here, it allows us to keep functioning. Right. Um, so we, we rely solely on private donations and mm-hmm. private grants. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We don't we don't get any money from the government right. or anything like or that. Or the UN or no. the WHO. We get mm-hmm. no funding from okay. any in Matamoros. Right. Um, okay. When they operated in Iraq, there was a partnership with the WHO. Oh, okay. Um, right. But that was that, that was, was very specific. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so here in Matamoros, it's it's completely uh, self funded through private donations and stuff. So wow. Yes. Go to our website, volunteer, give a few dollars. Any what's little the bit website? Helps. It's www dot global dash response dot org and um, and you can get to the volunteer portal on there exactly perfect you can get to the donation portal on there mm-hmm. 
and you can just read up on on things and uh yeah find get out involved. how to get involved get involved yeah. we can help one way so or another That's yes. Right. <laughs> yes i will make sure to um have uh the global response tagged and everything so that people can yes, thank you. can find you guys thank you. um i think another really important thing to discuss here and um i promise we'll we'll be done soon because we've had a really long day <laughs> um how? Yes, but I can't think of anything I'd rather do than no. talk about this. No, and honestly, this is um, uh, most of my listeners know I stepped away from the bedside um, back in March because I got really burnt out. But what they don't know is lately I've been so missing patient care and like craving like that, like adrenaline of being at the bedside. But there's still a big part of me that's like, I can't put another child in a body bag. So like, that's like my hard block right yeah. now. It's like after 12 years in the NICU, I just can't do that. But coming down here really has like fulfilled that need and like spot in my heart. So I, for one, definitely want to try and see if I can work it out to to come down here yeah. more often. Yeah, I love you too. Absolutely. We'd love um, to have you. So thank you for that. Um but how, because you guys both have families, how do you guys balance that? How do you balance work? How do you balance, how do you balance your, your quote unquote day job for one and then saving the world? Wow. That's a great question. Day job, families and saving the world. Okay. How do you balance all that? Go discuss. I mean, you've been at this longer than I have, more. I but... have been at this for a very yeah. long time. It's... So I'm a speaking of the family. That's my daughter. I apologize. Let me just turn the ring. That's okay. <laughs> so I am a full time physician with Temple yes. University in the emergency department. Mm-hmm. I do function. Um, my area of specialty is global health. Okay, and I do work in the global health realm in the medical school as uh-huh. well. So I have my clinical job. I have my job in the medical school. Mm-hmm. I have my work that I do here with GRM. Yes. And then I'm a single mother. Yes. I have a nine-year-old and 11-year-old. I You're have, just like one powerful woman. <laughs> I have 80% custody. <laughs> I have an amazing mom. Oh, shout out to all the Me moms. Too. Oh, yeah. Mom and dad. Happy Love Valentine's Day to the mom. Yes. yes. I have an absolutely amazing mom. That's where That's my incredible. kids are right now. That's They're incredible. That's incredible. And we're, I've, I've brought my children with me on mm-hmm. some of my global health trips i've brought them well i think that's so good for them to see though because then they can not only see what you're doing what you're passionate about but like learning that passion at such a young age i feel like would just kind of instill that same like love and appreciation for humanity in them absolutely absolutely and we're talking about doing a uh bringing our kids together so they can hang out during the day while we're over in the clinic yep they could probably be watch themselves. I um, think you're probably right. Well, well, so I'm a single mom with three jobs. Yeah. yeah. My children are borderline feral. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but <laughs> it's kind of scary, true. <laughs> They're learning good survival skills. That's yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Andrew, what about you? How do you balance everything? I mean, I'm tired all the time. Yeah. To be 100% honest, like I'm so tired, but I am fulfilled in a way uh, that that drives me. And I don't know yeah. how to do it any other way. I, yeah. I actually started my career in music uh-huh. and I, I worked for Puffy to begin with. And he when was, he back when he was Puffy? Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. like, <laughs> I actually got the call from the newspaper. I worked in the publicity department when... He changed his name. Did he really officially change his name? It's like, what? What's going on? And yeah. then it turned in this big story, which it was just a joke. Um, but then he became Diddy. But anyway, so yeah. back when he was Puffy, back in there when there was J Lo yeah. with the Puffy. And um what was incredible about him is he taught me this sick work ethic. Like any anybody who worked for him, I mean, the man sleeps like four hours a night. He works really hard. He is so yeah. cognizant of his responsibility of how many people depend on them for uh, a living and to, to feed their families. Mm-hmm. 
So, and then you couple that, I grew up with that, you know, very traditional Irish Catholic family with the incredible work ethic. And so I really don't know how to do anything else. And I'm, you know, driven to do it. And I don't know, there's no other gift, I think, that's bigger than uh, raising a strong little girl. I have an eight-year-old little girl. That's amazing. And so mommy's tired a lot. Mommy's busy, but we still have an amazing relationship. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the primary parent as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm teaching her that you can go out and get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all it takes is, is for evil to succeed for anything to succeed yes. is for good right. people to do nothing. To do nothing. So yeah. every day we can just chip at it a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I say when, when, when I'm teaching over in the medical school mm-hmm. and the med students ask me, how is it I could be doing this for 20 years mm-hmm. and uh, still not be burnt out? Yeah. And I would I love said, to know that because I well, only made well, it for 12. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Well, I'll, at least I'll tell you what it's been for me. Yeah. Is you need to find the one thing in medicine mm-hmm. that you would do for free. Mm-hmm. And you need to do it. That's amazing. And... Global health is the thing that I did do for many years yeah. for free. It's amazing that I've yeah. found people who are willing to pay me for it now. Yeah. But it's the thing that I would do for free. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that kept me going in my darkest days. And it's that forward motion yes. too. It's, yeah. it's stagnation is really Absolutely. difficult. Like yes. there are some days where I wish I was just like, I would just, an ER nurse and like mm-hmm. just enjoy my vacation time and but um for me it's it's that forward motion the the commitment to lifelong learning like that's mm-hmm. that's what really yes. stimulates me yes. um and to be honest we're the lucky ones you know yeah that's right we're the lucky ones that's right without mm-hmm. a doubt and uh in so many ways in so many ways so to not share that once you've seen the other side of things I mean I, I yeah. think everyone should have the opportunity to travel to the developing world. Um, There was a a filmmaker who uh, made an incredible film. I mean, he's made several incredible films. His name is Danny Stanovich. He's a Bosnian filmmaker. Um, uh, He made this film called No Man's Land that if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Um, But he was giving a talk at the Toronto Film Festival and he was looking around at this audience of a very erudite, successful people in Mm -hmm. Hollywood and in uh, the film world around the world. And he said, you know, what you guys don't think about is you all live in a country where somebody comes and picks up your garbage. Yeah. He said, you put your garbage on the curb and somebody comes and picks it up. And that doesn't happen in 80% of the world. He said, so just sit with that for a second. And, and that stays with me every day. Those little lessons like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you do when you're one of the lucky ones? Like how, how do you give back? And we all have our different ways of doing it. Not everybody needs to traipse down to an asylum camp in Madame Morris. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work that we do in our communities. Um, right. It's just, sometimes it's just as simple as paying it forward with a, letting somebody in with their car that needs to get, you know, make a left turn, let them in ahead of you, you know, yeah. those little things. So just try to practice that and, and teach my daughter that. Be kind to you each other. Be kind. Just be kind. And be oh, tough when you need to. Yeah, yeah. that too. But there's a, there's definitely a way to kill people with kindness. Yes. <laughs> yes. Bless your I, heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled that one out of my pocket a few times. Exactly. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, to uh, finish this up, I like to do this segment called, and it's super punny, everything is pulsable. So I'll ask you each individually. If anything were possible for you, what would you want? What would you be doing? Do honestly, answer what you will with that. Honestly, yeah. yeah, exactly what I'm doing now. I love it. Hmm. I mean, I I left a very sexy career in music <laughs> and film. It was yeah. much sexier than you know, wiping bums in the ER, honestly, yeah. but yeah. I, I knew that I would regret for the rest of my life if I didn't have real tactical skills to help people. And for me, um, I'm, I'm doing a lot of what I want to do. And 
I also, I have to say, like, I, I think there's nothing more powerful than doing CPR. I think it's one of the most simple things and one yeah. of the most yeah. powerful things. So I don't know if that qualifies as pulsable. That's a new term for me. Yeah. Well, but... it's, it's quite literally pulsable because <laughs> you're like pulsing. Exactly. That's about the definition of pulsable. You're generating <laughs> pulsability. Oh, my God. So that was a new term for me. But I love yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, we we have That's choices. A great answer. That's another reason yeah. we're the lucky ones. We have choices. Yeah, we do. Yes, so this, we do. This is a choice to be here and do this, and yeah. I'm really glad. Yeah, I made this choice. Well, I'm so glad you guys have both made this choice and took the time out off after a very busy day to sit here and talk with me. So um, I don't you know. Coming down here. Oh, and we hope to see you again. You will. <laughs> Did, I mean, how did how did how did you feel? I know you touched yeah. on it a little bit, but yeah, it was um, it was really everyone when I told people I was coming down here, everyone was like, "Oh my god, I'm so curious because you never know like if people are exaggerating how bad it is," and I think people kind of have it in their head. You brought up the topic of like poverty porn, yeah, yes. um. And while, and I just want to really drive this point home that while, yes, these people are living in tents right now, they didn't always live in these tents. Like this camp is not filthy. Right. Oh, no. It Even is, though it's literally yeah. in the dirt. And yes. Mud, it's not filthy. No. Yes. People this are isn't, clean. Yes. And... They take great pride in their appearance and keeping yeah. what space they have their own like they have a huge amount of pride Mm -hmm. and what's bothering me and i might lose a couple followers or listeners from this but what's bothering me is that like as u.s citizens we are allowing this yeah to happen not only we are are we allowing this we created this yeah and so i've been struggling with that today because i've I worry so much that people are losing their humanity. We've always had this, the American dream is something that like everyone in the world has heard us like preach about, you know, life, love, pursuit of happiness. Um, And if we preached about this so much, why aren't we letting others come into it? You know, when America's been born America's born of immigrants. Yeah. I mean, there there are a lot of practical concerns yeah. with all of it. And, and I know we can't take in every single person, but like a lot of these people are I mean, the we met two little girls in camp today whose cousins had been macheted. Yeah. Yeah. Like and this they're is, my daughters our daughters. Yeah. Daughters ages. Yeah. 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 Like these I are know. the types of things that people are trying to escape from. Yeah. To a place that they think is safe. Yeah, that's all they want. Yes. That's all they want. They want a place where they can be safe and their children can be safe. Yes, which is what any parent in the entire world wants. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> but, but listen, we all we all have our flaws as human yes. beings. We yeah. all have our less than perfect moments. One thing that I am grateful for with all of my flaws one thing I've never felt is that um I have to step on somebody else to get where I want to be right I've always felt the sense that there is enough Mm -hmm. um and not in this Pollyanna unrealistic sort of way right but that there's room yes and and so I am thankful that that is part of innately who I am but I see a lot of fear with a lot of people Mm -hmm. that maybe there's not enough or maybe that if somebody else gets something, it means it's taking away. Right. Yes. And and I think there's a lot of different solutions that many different countries have come up with to tackle problems. And I, I think mm-hmm. with all of the great minds out there, we could be creative in solving this problem. Yes. The problem of you know poverty in general, the problem of world hunger. Yes. Um, we have the ability to tackle it and solve it. Um, but whether we do or not, uh, I think is largely based in fear. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I hope this podcast episode encourages you all to be a little less fearful and a little more kind. Mm -hmm. And on that note, Mm -hmm. do you guys have anything else that you would like to add or say before we 
peace out and get some rest <laughs> before tomorrow. Vote. Uh, vote. Well, vote. And, yeah, um, register to vote. You know, every morning we put our big girl pants on That's and right. we go out and we fight the battle. It's right. Yeah. That's right. Get out there. Yeah, get out there. Do whatever you can. Because and- what do those socks say? Motherfucking girl power. This was personally such a special episode and experience. I have been checking in with Andrea and Mara, and GRM has since set up a field hospital for COVID patients and have educated the camp in social distancing. The clinic is now fully staffed by locals, which is amazing because, as everyone knows, the borders are closed. And a lot of relief organizations have had to since pull out since the pandemic hit. They're working on letters from the Mexican government to allow them to continue to cross into Mexico. They do have allowances from the U.S. to be able to return. Make sure to check out global-response.org for ways to volunteer and donate and keep up with everybody on Instagram at global.response. Please keep the DMs coming with your nursing energy moments. I absolutely love reading them, and it's so, so important to share something positive right now. As always, you can follow along with the WOMED on Instagram at the WOMED, Twitter at the WOMED podcast, and me personally at DM Maltby. Please keep using your voices, guys. Keep spreading the word on masks and testing and working conditions, and I will do what I can to share your stories. Grateful for all of you. And in the mortal words of Lorelai Gilmore, solidarity, sister. On that note, WOMED out.